Welcome to Delta Green and Possible Landscapes, brought to you by Black Project Gaming. Get read in at blackprojectgaming.com. I'm Vince, your host and handler for this campaign. Joining me are Brett as FBI hostage rescue team operator Ira Brewer, also known as Agent Morgan. Cammy as Dr. Jenny Archer, anthropologist and Delta Green friendly. Doug as FBI Special Agent Mark Hansom, also known as Agent Meshock. And Jack as FBI Special Agent Cassandra Troy, also known as Agent Madison. Impossible Landscapes is a campaign of wonder, horror, and conspiracy, written by Dennis Dentwiller for Delta Green, the role-playing game. For more information on Delta Green, please visit delta-green.com. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. In our last session, you all began your investigation into the Dorchester House uh, psychiatric facility where uh, you were told that some agents had gone missing and one of them had left a message behind saying that, uh, you know, uh, alluding to Abigail Wright, a name you hadn't heard in 20 years. Uh, Of course, you all proceeded to the facility itself and you met with Dr. Richard Dallin, uh, the head of the facility, as well as his head nurse, who was, um, shit, Uh, Esther Samagina, his head nurse, who was kind of, you know, served as your tour guide and facilitator while you were there in the facility. Uh, Both uh, Nurse Samagina and Dr. Down were probably more helpful than you expected them to be. Um, You know, you kind of got a good feel for what exactly happened, which is still unexplainable. Uh, These agents seemingly disappeared from locked rooms uh, without any sort of a trace. During that time, you met uh, two individuals, an Ed Miller Whist and a Timothy Bale, uh, both of whom seem to have had some level of interaction with the agents before they went missing. Uh, you know, Ed Miller Whist speaking in, in uh, condescending and confrontational riddles, while uh, Mr. Bale was uh, far more helpful in you know providing whatever he knew about the agents themselves and um, where they might have gone, as well as some of the. Uh, giving some insight into the nature of his psychosis with, you know, this notebook that allowed him to manipulate and control people from, from his, from his room, from his place there in the Dorchester facility. Um, You all did come to the conclusion that because of your experiences in the, in the uh, McAllister building in New York, that it would behoove you to investigate the facility at night to see what happens once the sun goes down, once darkness falls, and once it is night in the facility. And you do. You uh, spend the night in the facility in in a couple of the rooms that were made available to you by Dr. Down and the staff. And inexplicably, you find yourselves in a changed facility as soon as you leave your rooms. You are suddenly wearing patient's garb uh, patients uh, scrubs and, and jumpsuits and as if you have been in the facility all along and you are directed by Edward Dubrovnik obviously the, the head nurse or chief nurse currently on duty to attend group therapy and uh, you are led to a room that is painted a disgusting shade of bright neon pink and you find that you are joined by others in the room, a redheaded man, a small diminutive uh, 
individual in, in silk pajamas and muttering to himself over and over again, a boy, a girl, a girl, a boy. Uh, and then an 80-year-old woman and a doctor who uh, has now introduced himself as Dr. Maximo Friend. And when we left, he said that it was time to begin. And that is where we will pick up, unless anybody had any questions. I have a question. Go for it. Why? <laughs> because I can. All right, let's go. <laughs> Be nice to us. You, you, like you agree to this. <laughs> you are my friend. Yeah. I okay. guess. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you had a... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm nervous, too. Um, this is going to be great. Okay. Let me get my notes. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Fugue Out has... Like, normally I get almost, like, a little bit anxious about the DG sessions because they're so, like intense and I never really know what to do and the situations are really like crazy uh, but like fuging out I'm feeling pretty good about it <laughs> you're vibing you're gonna just check out <laughs> yeah I've advocated all responsibility for whatever happens should have done this years ago yeah wait until Jenny gets lobotomized I don't know maybe I'll just say he was looking in the other direction or something <laughs> yeah, well you know it's for her own good so it's not like she's being hurt exactly yeah. uh, amazing Okay. As you all find yourselves seated now in this bright pink room, faced by Dr. Maximo Friend and surrounded by these other patients, you listen and you watch as he turns his attention to one of the others in the room, to this small redheaded man with the bifocal glasses and the hospital pajamas and the tweed jacket. He looks at him and says, now, Mr. Topchick, do you enjoy activities of your own choosing? And Mr. Topchick in this thick New York accent says, I, th I think so. Do your past failures still worry you? Are you sometimes considered by others to be a spoil sport? He runs down these lists of questions that seem mundane but quickly meander into the surreal. What did the Phantom of Truth tell, tell Casilda? What do you think the world felt like before you were born? Have you seen the yellow sign? How long do you think it will be until the end of the world? The questions continue, and he turns his attention to another. Mr. Darabondi, do you enjoy activities of your own choosing? And the small mousy man in the silk pajamas answers. It feels like ours as he goes down these questions. The 80-year-old woman, he doesn't speak to. And she seems to be almost in an equivalent state as Ira Brewer at this point. There, but not entirely. And eventually, Dr. Friend turns his attention to you, Cassie. Miss Reese, do you enjoy activities of your own choosing? Where where are we? You're at the Dorchester House facility, Miseries. It wasn't like this before. I'm sorry, Miseries. It appears you're having an episode. You know it's always been like this. You've always been here. 
the others would see her wringing her hands and digging her nails into her palms to the point where she's beginning to draw blood. Uh, but she hasn't, her eyes haven't left, uh, Dr. Friend. Uh, she's looks at him. Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? He smiles very patiently, almost in a fatherly way. Do you enjoy activities of your own choosing? Yes. Good. Miss Archer, do your past failures still worry you? Uh, Jenny takes a minute to answer, but, excuse me, having seen how the conversation with uh, Cassie just went... (laughs) She will kind of give like a small nod and just very quietly say, yes. Good. Mr. Handsome, are you sometimes considered by others to be a spoil sport? What's all this about? It's about healing you, Mr. Handsome. Look, I I, I think... I'll answer a question if you'll answer a question. All right. How do we get out of here? That is a complicated question with a complicated answer, Mr. Handsome. You get out of here when you are healed, when you no longer need to be here. Yeah. Uh... Call, Call me an optimist, but I believe that day will come eventually. Not today. However, not now. Where do we go when we get out of here? Back out into the world, Mr. Handsome, where you belong. Now, are you sometimes considered by others to be a spoil sport? Fair enough. Um, yeah, I used to nag the, the guys in my fraternity about certain moral failings. Good. Mr. Brewer seems to be elsewhere. Uh, instead of just, like, just plain sitting there, can I say that he's, like, sort of swaying back and forth a little bit? Uh, and he's muttering something very, very quietly under his breath, repetitiously over and over again. Uh, and if you get close enough, you can hear him say, didn't read the script, can't remember my lines. Didn't read the script can't remember my lines over and over and over again. I like that. We can definitely say he's doing that. Dr. Friend turns back to you, Cassie. Miss Reese, describe a time when you were certain the world wasn't real. And at this moment, as soon as the word real leaves his lips, you see the world around you melt away. You see this, Cassie, and you, Jenny, you, Mark, and you, Ira. The cotton candy pink room suddenly morphs into this huge European court from the, has to be the 19th century. All Baroque and gold filigree and a throne, red carpet, lanterns. Black banners hang from the walls emblazoned with this strange yellow golden symbol. A sigil of some kind. 
You all are still in your hospital clothes. But Dr. Friend now wears the clothing of some kind of noble. He sits upon a golden chair next to this ornate, empty throne. I need you all to roll sanity. Even uh, me? Um, yeah, no, no. I'll say because you're fugued out right now. I'm not taking that shit. <laughs> I think I'm on a fucking beach in Hawaii, sitting on a margarita. Uh, that's a 53 for me. 53 out of 28. You lose, uh... Wait, your sanity is 28? Yes. <laughs> Good luck, Jack. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> We're in the right place, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Cassie, with a 53 out of 28, you lose one. Mark, with a 21 out of 57, you lose nothing. Jenny, with a 75 out of 62, you lose one. Are we still sitting? You are still sitting. In the same chairs. In the same chairs. Are the others who weren't with us, uh, like Mr. Uh, uh, what was his name? Topkick and Darabondi. Yes. Are they still there with us? They are. Are they reacting to the change of scenery? They are not. And seeing the symbol emblazoned on these banners, I need everyone to roll sanity for that as well. And this time I will need you to roll sanity for that, uh, Brett. Yeah, I figure. Uh, that symbol is like, if you're close to it, it's bad for your brain, right? Right. I kind of hope I roll another fumble. <laughs> let's just, stack, let's just get, get them stacked on. Um... Uh, there we go. Oh, okay. So, uh, Cassie, with a 89 out of 28, you fail. I need you to roll 1d4. Jenny, with a 16 out of 61, you lose one. Or you lose nothing, sorry. Um, Mark, with a 6 oh, out of 57, you lose nothing. Uh, Ira, with a 94 out of 68, I also need you to roll 1d4. Oof. Cassie, you lose four sanity. Uh, Ira, you lose three. I've uh, I've reached my breaking point. I've there gotten, it is. I've gone. I've gone past it. Oh, uh, why am I? I didn't reach my breaking point. Oh, was you it didn't? just the amount of sanity that I it lost? The, last time? It was the amount. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. But um, I just realized something. Uh, I'll edit this out, but I fucked up. You shouldn't have, uh, you shouldn't have fugued out because you were no longer in the real world anymore. Um, and so Cassie, even though you've hit your breaking point, nothing happens. So do I still subtract that four from my score? Yes. Yeah. Subtract the four from your score, but, uh, nothing happens. Okay. So I'm at 23 out of 25 right now. Okay. Just keep track of, um, keep track of your sand loss and keep track of the fact that you're, you're at your breaking point. And uh, I'll say Brett, I'll say Ira, you're you're out of your fugue at this point. Um, can we you're... can we can we wait for something to to snap him out of it um, rather than just have him like wake up? I, I kind of like dig the vibe of him because he's been trying so hard not to see this stuff for so long, uh, and now he has no choice. So I kind of like the like disassociation a little bit. I sure. Think. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. So um, I'm going to message you both something real quick. 
Nope. Do I get a superpower? Totally. This is godlike, right? We're playing godlike. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh, we got teleported to World War II? What a wild twist. Yeah, right? It's Napoleon. Uh, why is it trying to send it as an image? Hold on a sec. Let me... Uh, I gotta send you this message. My apologies. No worries. You're all good. How are Jenny and uh, Mark taking all of this in? I mean... How could a person take this in? <laughs> it's like... Uh, yeah, I, th I think Mark's, Mark's just looking around... Uh, awfully startled by this symbol and this change in scene, uh, but also sort of taking it in like, yeah, uh, I knew it was going to get weirder before it didn't. Yeah, I think uh, Jenny, there's definitely a sense of fear. Um, and I don't know if anyone would have caught this because it would have been brief, but at some point, oh my gosh, my Discord, at some point, uh, there was also a moment of curiosity and maybe a little recognition that has kept her from going full fear and panic mode. But since everyone else is dealing with stuff, I don't know if anyone would have caught that. <laughs> I just Lady, met. oh, go ahead. I was gonna say at the at the risk of uh, inviting more sanity rolls, uh, what is that symbol that that we're we're seeing? You don't know. I'm gonna show the, you a picture. Okay, all right. So it's not the symbol of Pervon. No. Or um, not Pervon. Who's the guy? Yeah, per Pervon. Pervon. Oh. Isn't that a character from uh, Critical Role? There you go. Or person. Sorry, person. 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 That, yeah. I knew I got it wrong. Person. Not Pervon was the guy with the armor. Okay. That is the sign you see. All right. When Dr. Friend speaks again, it is suddenly in a, in a language you shouldn't understand. It's, it sounds European. Yeah. Excuse me. It sounds European, but it's foreign to you. But nevertheless, you can understand it. Lady Reese. Did you ever believe someone or something? Or I'm sorry. I have asked you to describe a time when you were certain the world was not real. Check. Uh, Cassie looks around and stands up and doesn't face Dr. Friend, but she looks just at the the banner with the symbol on it. Just seems focused on it. Uh, almost lost in the design of it. I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Describe a time when you were certain the world was not real. 20 years ago. I was, in, I was in New York. I was in an apartment complex. I was with, I was with these people. And we went upstairs. We kept going upstairs. 
up into places we, we weren't supposed to be, up into places that shouldn't have existed. Good. You remember. Mr. Handsome. Lord Handsome. Did you ever believe someone or something was out to get you? Wait. Uh, Mark looks around at, at the uh, the others uh, from his group. Are we answering these for real? I mean... Uh, what... What do we do? Just play along? The king demands it. So, it's the king now, not the... Not the supervisor or the night attendant or... Anything like that, huh? He says nothing. Instead looks at you expectantly. Look... I don't think we should let him get inside our heads. I think he's already there. What was the question again? Um, did, did you ever believe someone or something was out to get you? I mean, uh, up until now, no. Lord Brewer, tell us the first time you encountered the play. The King in Yellow. Didn't read the script. Can't remember my lines. Didn't read the script. Lady Fry. What did the Phantom of Truth tell Casilda? Is this the old lady? He's looking directly at Jenny. Huh? Jenny's eyes close, and there is... Uh, it's somewhere in between fear and anger that crosses her face when she is called that. And she just kind of shakes her head and goes, it's not my name. You always were. You are. And you always will be. It's not who I am. Have you heard that the last king is come? I don't know what that means. How long do you think it will be until the end of the world? I think at this point she just shakes her head again and kind of mutters under her breath that it's not my name. Lady Fry, have you found your bottle? I am not going back there. You never left, Lady Fry. You have always been here. You are always here. And you always will be. At that moment, you all blink. And you are back in that sickeningly pink room. That strange European-style court gone. Like a faded memory or the last remnants of a dream already being forgotten, gone. Dr. Friend is sitting before you, legs crossed, looking at you all with the quiet patience of a friendly uncle, scribbling notes onto a clipboard. 
Well, a productive session, if I do say so myself. I thank you all for giving this your best today. You'll find that the more you put into these sessions, the more you will ultimately get out of them. How long have we been here? Oh, you know the answer to that, Miss Reese. But I'm asking you. I would ask that you ask yourself, why does that answer matter? Because I need to know. But don't you know in your heart of hearts, Miss Reese, how long you've truly been here with us? Cassie, who has been standing in still on the spot that she was, where she was looking at the banner before. Uh, from this point of view, I'd say that the other three would start to see her expression shift from confusion and fear into this anger. And as soon as he says that, uh, Cassie lunges for her empty chair and is going to attempt to throw it at him. Okay. Roll strength. Okay. Ooh. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh. You bean this, dude. Oh, with a 22 with a critical. Yeah. Um, the chair collides with him, knocking him back with a surprised oomph as the wind is knocked from his lungs and he finds himself tumbling back onto the floor. But almost as soon as that, almost as soon as that chair leaves your grip, you feel something blunt and something heavy collide with the back of your neck. I was going to say, I think the violence would be the thing that would snap Ira out of it, if you're comfortable with that, Vince. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, so as soon as that happens, Ira's going to move towards the... I'm assuming this is the creepy orderly. It is. Yeah, Mark's yeah. going to tackle him. Yeah, he'll uh, blink, shake his head, and then move. Okay. Hey, um, let me... Everybody in deck stay since we're in combat. Uh, you were breaking up really bad there. God damn it, fucking ping. Give Ooh. me two seconds. Come on, ping. I know. What's ping? It's what? like internet ping. Like, uh, just it's it's. Uh, oh, like the speed lag, oh. lag. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh man! All right. Uh, it, it probably not ping. That's the problem. But I don't know. That's what it, it go, that's the thing that goes red. Really? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, you're like losing the connection. I think that's what yeah. it is. That like the yeah. connection's going in and out. Yeah. Sorry. I gotta find this guy's stats because I didn't think this was gonna fucking happen. <laughs> you don't. You didn't think Ira was gonna try and solve his problems with murder? Sure. Yeah. Nope. That's Come on. Fair enough. I know it's not going to work. I got to try. Don't succeed if you don't try. Cassie, you take three damage as this uh, blunt, heavy object collides at the back of your neck. Oh, okay. And with that, um, so let me look at everybody's dexes real quick. I got them all written down here. Uh, Okay, so. 
Ira, you go first. So what are you doing? You going for Dubrovnik? Yeah, I'm going to hit him in the throat as hard as I can. I'm not trying to stun him or hurt him. I'm trying to kill him. That is a success. Max damage, baby. Yeah. You you catch him in the throat with that strike, and he, he just begins to cough and, and sputter and struggle for breath. Uh, you don't seem to have crushed his windpipe, uh, but you've certainly done some damage. Uh, Ira looks down at his hand, looks up at the guy, looks down at his hand again. Kind of been a like, oh, that usually works. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, he probably goes before I do. Yeah, you're dead last. Um, yeah. Cassie, uh, you are up next. I'll say that you were able to throw that chair because it was kind of like a surprise action, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're next. Um, yeah, I mean, that that was a wallop. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, does it count as movement to get up? Yes. Okay. Um, and the others haven't re- uh, reacted, right? By, right? Uh, like Darabondi. Uh, no, they they are definitely not reacting. Okay. Um. Then yeah, uh, Cassie is going to get to her feet and uh, taking up the chair again. She's going to try and bring it down on Doctor Friend again. Okay. Go ahead and roll uh, melee. Oh nope. Yeah, with an eighty out of thirty-three, um, you just you you whiff it and you just he is able to roll out of the way just in time and the chair collides with the uh, tile floor beneath you and splinters. Yeah. And I'd say too, it's just more of a like wild uh, show of aggression. Uh, she wanted to hit him obviously, but it's also just like swinging for the, you know, for the fences. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so next up is the, uh, that would be Jenny. What are you doing? Uh, I think Jenny is going to try to like get up and get out of the way of everything since she has zero combat skills and <laughs> does not want to uh, make things more complicated. So whatever movement that is to just get out of her chair and kind of back up against the nearest wall. Okay. And Mark, what are you doing? I go to tackle the uh, nurse, try to take him out at the knees. Okay, go ahead and roll uh, unarmed. Oh, that's a failure. Yeah, 93 to 63. You, Yeah, you go to try to take him out at the knees, uh, you know, essentially a, a dive bomb for his lower legs to try to get him to the ground. He's a big guy, uh, but you just, he is able to scrabble back, even in his slightly stunned state. He's able to put some distance in between you and him. But now it is back at the top of our dexterity orders. And uh, let's see. So he is a 14 and so is Ira. So Ira, you get to go again. I'm going to hit him again. Go for it. He's on the ground, right? No, no, no. He's still standing. Still standing. Oh, right. Because the tackle failed. Gotcha. Uh, So I'm going to try and kick him in the side of the knee as hard as I can. Okay. Ooh, 40 out of 90. Yeah, success. Go ahead and roll uh, roll your damage. It's another two damage. Two damage. Love it. So that's six damage so far. He's, uh, yeah, he buckles to one knee. He's not completely down, but he's he definitely drops as you impact. 
the side of the outside of that knee, and you hear him grunt in pain as he just drops. Um, how does can I can I ask you like when someone attacks you, how does your dodge does your dodge skill help you, or do you have to actively say I am going to dodge the next thing that hits me when it's your turn? You have to actively say yeah, you're dodging. Cool, thank you. As long as you haven't taken your action this turn. Yeah, yeah. All awesome. right. So he stands and uh, stares down at you, or maybe eye level. You may you may be of similar height. Um, and he's going to go ahead and attack with that baseball bat at his side. Oh yeah, that's a success. And he does seven damage as he brings that bat down across your face and lacerating your scalp. That hurt my feelings and also my head. Yeah. That hurt my head feelings. (laughs) The door to the room bursts open. And actually, who goes next? Let me see. Cassie, you get uh, okay. You, I'll, that's coming next. Cassie, you're up. Uh, you said he had a pen or something, right? Yep, he did. Uh, is it an action to just grab the pen, or can I grab the pen and attack it with it? You. Know, what was that? You try nope. to get it. You keep breaking up. Oh no. I can't hear the words, but I can hear how frustrated you are by it. <laughs> yeah. Uh you can grapple with him to try to get it from him. Okay. Uh Yeah, you know what? Uh I'm not gonna try and get it from him. I thought he had dropped it, so I'm just gonna go for the eyes. Okay. Nope. Yeah, eighty six out of sixty three. No. Um Yeah, at this point. Just- Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, at this point, uh, having abandoned the chair, she tries to, uh, she starts to try and get on top of him. And as he's squirming and writhing away, she's trying to pull his face towards her and just screaming this, this guttural, emotional, intense wailing uh, at him. Just like all the, the past two decades of all this confusion and anger are just kind of emptying out as she's trying to claw at him. Uh, and gouge his eyes out, but it doesn't seem to be working. She's too angry. Okay. At this point, the door to this room bursts open, and five more orderlies swarm in, each of them armed with what look to be stun guns and syringes. One of them comes for you, Cassie, and manages to jam the syringe into the side of your neck. I need you to go ahead and make a uh, con roll. Okay. I've actually got a pretty good con. Yeah. All right. So at a negative 40 with a 61 out of 75, you still manage to withstand the effects um, and maintain consciousness, but you are at a negative 20% to all actions for the next 12 hours. Okay. One of these men comes for you next, Ira, and attempts to do the same. And he's also also (laughs) successful. Yeah, so uh, he actually succeeds in getting it into you. Um, So go ahead and roll your constitution. Also a success. Yeah. (laughs) Man, you're some hardy fellows. But uh, yeah, you you will be at a negative 20% for the next 12 hours for all actions. Cool. I am going to punch this guy right right in the face. Oh my god. 
Cassie, go ahead and uh, roll, or I'm sorry, Jenny, go ahead and roll your uh, con times five. Okay. <laughs> As one of these orderlies manages to find, uh, yeah. Okay. So one of these orderlies manages to, get in your state, just trying to, to get back and keep away from the melee. Uh, he comes up behind you and jams a syringe out of the side of your neck and depresses the plunger. And you feel this this substance just surge into your into your body. Uh, go ahead and roll two d six. All right, so in six turns you will fall unconscious. <laughs> oh dang! Okay. Wait. Oh shit! I think I may have just fucked this up. Hold on a sec. Okay, so Ira, you actually would have failed. Agree to disagree. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is at a negative a negative forty. So um Oh fuck me. Jeez. Yeah. So because Cassie rolled so low, uh she she was she was good. So with you with that would have been an eighty six out of seventy. So roll a two D six for me. Seven. Why is that a plus one? Oh, because you got six on one, one on the other. Got it. Okay, yeah. So in se- seven turns you will be unconscious. Okay. Uh Doug, one of these orderlies finds you unless you want to try to dodge. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say, can I dodge? Yeah, go ahead and roll dodge. I mean I mean basically uh, uh um Mark's just gonna kinda like throw his hands up and, and try and dodge out of the way at the same time saying Hang on, hang on, we'll we'll go peacefully. Go for and it. And uh, yeah, you succeed. You manage to get out of the way, and uh, the the orderly kind of goes wide, isn't able to find purchase with that syringe and get it into your flesh. Uh, so you're you're good in that respect. Um, but with that, uh, Jenny, it is your turn. Um. Oh, jeez, I don't even know what. I think she, seeing that more orderlies have come in, and it's getting they're becoming even more outnumbered <laughs> and they were just injected with stuff. She's going to try to get Ira's attention. Uh, and probably just like move to like get down on her knees to like indicate that she's not going to be putting up a fight and just say, okay, okay, we will comply. We'll comply. Ira, stop. Just try and calm the situation down. Top of the round. Ira, what do you do? I don't know, like, I, because I was kind of thinking, like, you know, he might not, he might be so, like, in the, in the thing, he, um, he doesn't really respond to it, but I also don't think he's that way about violence, like, I don't think he's, like, a, uh, he's not, like, a barbarian, he's, like, a fighter. Yeah. Um, Do a little sanity to see if he is, is with it enough to, um, calm himself down. Sure, yeah. That sounds like okay. fun. Yeah, we'll make it yeah, we'll roll sanity and that'll be whether or not he got worked up enough during the course of this violence to or whether or not he's been calm the whole time. No, he's been pretty calm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh I mean they injected his him with stuff, which I don't think he's a fan of, but uh for the moment he'll he'll uh put his hands up. But he's going to give the big orderly guy. Uh, I'm assuming there's, because he got a laceration on his head and they bleed like crazy. I'm assuming he's got blood kind of streaming all down his face, maybe a little in his mouth. And he's going to do that smile, but it's just kind of like baring teeth with his bloody teeth in the the orderly's direction. Okay. 
he brings that bat down across your head a second time and inflicts another three points of damage. Now, Jenny, you butthole. Oh, no! I thought they'd stop. <laughs> I didn't use an action. Can I use my action to dodge? Yeah, if you'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely love to. Go ahead. My dodge is actually pretty good. Ha-ha! Yeah. Nice, nice. Well... Yeah, so you get you get you manage to to just sidestep that swipe. Obviously, he's clearly discombobulated from those those strikes you levied against him. Um, and all of a sudden, Mister Friend is in between you two. His glasses askew on his face. One of the lenses shattered. Mister Dubrovnik, please, please. This the situation has evolved quite enough, I believe. I don't think we need any more violence. Cassie, what are you doing? So he just vanished from under from beneath me. Absolutely. Roll sanity. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you lose one with a seventy-eight out of twenty-three. Oh jeez. Wait a second. Maybe I missed something. Who vanished? He was there one minute and gone the next. Um Jesse was pinning yep. friend down on the Well, floor. he wasn't pinned. He well, wasn't yeah, pinned. not not pinned in the, the, the technical sense, but like she was trying to force him down. And and he just like disappeared underneath her and appeared somebody else. I don't know. Uh, all right. Might have been might have been during the the struggle when somebody was trying to stick her with a needle. He managed to get up and move. Who knows? Maybe Cassie's been clawing up the floor this whole time. <laughs> the no answer to that question. Miss hmm. Reese, would you like to? Would you like to come with me? Uh, Cassandra uh, whips her head around seeing a friend behind her near the others Um, she starts to calm down a bit noticing now the not only the needle pain on her neck but also the other orderlies Uh, and Darabondi and the others still haven't reacted nope she looks to them just helplessly and then looks back up at the others with the same expression. I'm not going without them. I think it might be more productive for us to speak one-on-one. What if I say no? I don't have a choice, do I? You do. You do indeed, Miss Reese. Of course you have a choice. Then I choose to stay here with them. Okay. Perhaps next time. Would you all like to return to your rooms for the evening? Jenny nods, for sure. Pyra passes out. (laughs) We'll say say at this point, you both are are feeling the effects of this sedative, and before your legs can give out, the orderlies grab you and begin dragging you out of the room. Mark, what are you doing? I mean, uh, Mark's uh, Mark's gone down on his his knees and um, put his hands behind his head, uh, partially to symbolize that he is uh, surrendering, but also just in an attempt to keep them from uh, sticking a needle in his neck. Sure. Um, Yeah, they uh, they back off as soon as they see that you're compliant. Yeah, he uh, he uh, 
he kind of, you know, looks up a little bit around at everybody and says, uh, well, where are the others? What others? Who? Diasa, Mac, Flaslat, those guys. You mean the names you've used? Uh, the names we've used? What? For what? Uh, another symptom of dissociative identity disorder, I'm afraid. Wait, are you saying that I said my name was who? I mean, pick one. At varying times, it's been this Cal Diasa and Placid and pick your poison. Well, I don't understand anything. And you are finally beginning to learn, Mr. Handsome. Acknowledging what you don't understand or don't know is the first step to healing. Yeah, maybe you better take me back to my room. Of course. Mr. Dubrovnik, please escort the patients back. Uh, Miss Reese, you sure you don't want to speak any further? She looks around, seeing now that Jenny and Ira have been, or are being dragged out of the, uh, this area, this, this room, uh, and seeing, uh, what's, what's Mark's expression when she looks at him? Mark looks defeated. Uh, it looks like he's lost. He doesn't know what's going on. Hearing and seeing Mark, hearing Mark say he's going to go back to his room and then seeing his expression... Uh, she'll look back up at Dr. Friend. Fine. I'll come with you. Good. Good. And he smiles, grins, like you've just told him the best news he's heard in recent memory. We'll bring you back to your friends as soon as we're done. Uh, and with that, Jenny and Ira, you are brought back to your rooms, Mark, as well. And uh, we'll start with we'll start with Cassie, um, Mister Friend, or I'm sorry, Doctor Friend gestures for you to follow him, and one of the or two of the orderlies fall into step behind him, probably just to keep an eye on you because you did try to kill him with a chair. But uh, he leads you back into another room with uh, down a hallway that you don't remember ever walking down to a door with a star on its surface, and he opens it into another room, this one painted in green, varying shades of green. And in the middle of the room is a gurney. Please have a seat, Miss Reese. Is the gurney the only piece of furniture in the room? It is. I'd rather stand. I'll give you a chance to make a dodge roll. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. Yeah. Or did you roll? Yeah, I did. There we go. Uh, with a 20 out of 30. Uh, however, Am I still at disadvantage? With You are, because you have that, that sedative flooding through your system. So that is a um, 40 out of 30. So that's a failure. The two orderlies grab you from behind and force you into this room and throw you down onto the gurney and strap you to it. 
Can I? Look, oh, go ahead. I, I try to fight, try to kick back at them, uh, but I start to feel the sedative uh, starting to work its way into my system. Uh, and even though I took uh, Adderall earlier in the day, uh, a pretty strong dose, it seems to be, I guess, strong enough to combat it. Oh, yeah. Dr. Friend appears above you with this strange, enormous, old-fashioned hypodermic syringe, empty with its plunger fully pressed. This will only take a moment, Miss Reese. And he inserts the needle into your left eye socket. I hate this. You take one damage. What he extracts, though, is not blood or vitreous gel, but some kind of this red liquid-like oil. When he's finished extracting it, he raises the syringe up to the left, flicks a finger against it. The patsu is really potent. You're breaking up for me. God damn it. Top of now. Okay, yeah, yeah. I kid you not, uh, green. And then I keep it was red. How are we now? Uh, you sound okay. Okay. What was the last thing you heard besides God damn it? Uh, the syringe. Uh, he flicked it with his finger. Okay. He flicks a finger inside of the syringe. The. I'm sorry, yeah. dude. Yeah, you're out again. I know. I'm for it to stop flickering. Going on, folks. I don't know what's happening. Man, that sucks. Well, you know, I asked for a lobotomy and I'm getting it, so. Mm-hmm. Are you at, are you at home? I'm at home. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Um, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? I have. <laughs> I have indeed. Are you all hearing me okay now? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly when I don't need it to work. So Dr. Friend flicks, flicks a syringe. This patsu is extremely potent. This is good. He sets the syringe down on a tray. And the orderlies release you from the gurney. Would you say it's it was painful when that happened or did I feel it? Yeah, so it was painful. You felt it. Okay, so then yes, I would have been shrieking. Uh, as he was extracting uh, that, and as he flicks the needle, uh, starts to kind of writhe on the gurney, uh, as if trying to get out from the straps uh, feebly. Uh, She looks up at him and watches him flick the strange red liquid inside. What are you doing? Well, we're finished now. You may return to your room. What is that? This is everything. He see he would see that he, she's just at a loss for words, just looking up at him, uh, almost plead like non-verbally pleading with him to just stop whatever he's doing, even though he's stopped the procedure. Um, but she won't fight if the orderlies start to escort her to the to back to her room. They do. They begin pulling you. Back in the direction of the hallway, in the direction of this pink room, and then back out 
towards your room. And you notice, as and this goes for you, Mark, uh, as you all are led back to your room, this is obviously a very different hospital from what you saw during the day. All the doors are standing open. All the patients are left wandering wherever they like in all manners of dress and undress. Clearly, the inmates are running the asylum. Clearly, the patients are running the asylum. Yeah, so you all are back in your rooms, and uh, <laughs> what do you do next? How are the rooms decorated? Are they decorated with any ephemera of ours, like any personal items? No, no, they are bare um, and in various states of disrepair. Uh, you know, sheets soiled with uh, an aged by yellowed sweat. Um, you know, torn padding in the walls. They're just this place is a step above abandoned. Are we taken to separate rooms or are we all back in the original room we were in? Separate rooms, but on this third floor uh, and the same wing. Are the doors locked or can we get out? You can get out. They're open. All the doors are standing open. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mark's going to sit on his bed for a while and and recover from the, the fracas. And um, then after a while, he's going to stick his head out the door. And uh, when he realizes that nobody's going to come get him when he leaves, he's going to go out and he's going to look for the others. It doesn't take you long to find uh, Jenny and Ira. They are. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Cammy. Sorry, Brett. Uh, Currently unconscious on their beds. Um, But you see, what is what is Cassie doing? At this point, uh, if he gets to her door and uh, looks in, he would just see her seated on the edge of the bed, head down with her hair falling over her face, concealing it, uh, Samara from the ring style, uh, and just very visibly, visibly tense, her shoulders pressed up, her back arched, uh, but she's not saying a word. Mark kind of rounds the corner, uh, looks looks at Cassie, takes a step inside and and says, you okay? You didn't let him get to you, did you? She lifts her head up to look at him, and her hair's still kind of messy and falls across her face, but uh, from, the, from between some of the pieces of hair, uh, he'd be able to see that uh, the eye that was uh, pierced probably has a few uh, blood vessels that maybe it burst. Uh, bruising as well. Bruising, yeah. yeah. What, what the heck? What'd they do to your eye, Cassie? They took my patsu. Do I know what patsu is? Hell no. No, you do not. Uh, I, look, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a country boy. What's a patsu? I don't know. Shit. How do you know they took... Oh, never mind. Look. You all right? Can you see? That looks bad. Where are the others? Oh, they're... They're unconscious. We should wake them up. I don't think how the, that's how it works. Jenny, uh, Cassie just very casually gets off the bed and starts to walk 
almost as if in a trance, uh, to the to her door. And unless Mark is blocking her way, she'll start to walk out and go try to find Jenny and Ira. Yeah, Mark, Mark will Mark will go. Out. No, yeah, no, they're over this way here down the hall. See, there's Ira snoozing like a baby. Uh, He's got his butt sticking up in the air. Thumbing down on him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he doesn't look so scary from from up here, does he? Is the door unlocked? Oh yeah, all the doors are kind of wide open. Oh, okay, got you. Uh, yeah, so seeing that he's just laying there dribbling on himself, incapacitated, she's going to go in and she'll stand over him for uh, a few moments, uh, and then start to shake him. You wake, Ira. Um. Hi. Where's Jenny? Uh, Cassandra turns away as soon as you talk to her, and she's going to go try and find Jenny. She's kind of trying to shake off the the sleeps and and follow. And Jenny is in a room just a few doors down. Yeah, Cassandra will step in, but then noticing that Iris behind her will step aside. Uh, He'll go and sit down on the bed beside her and try and very gently wake her up. As soon as you brush her arm or or touch her, Jenny, you awaken. It's going to brush some hair back from her forehead. Yeah, I think she wakes up slow at first, kind of still out of it, but then like all the memories of where they were, what was happening, come back, and she kind of starts. Like she sits up kind of halfway very suddenly, but looks around, it's just you four, and she relaxes a little bit again. Oh, did the orderlies clean the blood off my face? Nope. I'm covered in blood. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what happened? You got enough height. She kind Are of you okay. She like touches his face very gently to kind of try and wipe some of the blood off. Are you okay? I'm fine. Are you? Yeah, I'm good. So what do we do? Well, I mean, First of all, let me look at your eyes. At my eyes? Yeah. Yeah, they took they took Cassie's patsu, whatever that is. I don't know. Apparently it involves making your eyes look all red and and bruised. I'd say it's fine. Except for all the blood. Okay. And I'd say to Jenny, that would see uh, Cassandra just in the furthest corner of the room, just staring up, her, staring down at her. Uh, she'd be able to see the one eye that's kind of bloody, uh, bloodshot, um, but just looking eerie and ghost-like. You okay, Cass? Do you know what a patsu is? Jenny shakes her head. No, no clue. Should see if we could find a door or a phone. This, I mean, will this go back to normal and when it's daylight? I mean, didn't they say whatever this is happens at night? It's never day here. And you hear this voice <laughs> from behind you in the what? doorway. I'm sorry. You see, Who is you it? see a Caucasian oh. man of middle age. 
But with the stunted build of a 10-year-old boy, his complexion yellowed, his head deformed, his face scarred. He wears these false wax ears over the ruined flaps where his ears once were. As diminutive as as he might be, he nevertheless projects this air of physical danger. His arms are thickly muscled, and the way he moves, you can tell he's more agile than you might initially believe. I said it's never a day here. What do you mean? Day doesn't exist here. Where's here? This is the real world. Who are you all? My name's Ira. (laughs) Really nice to meet you. Um, who are you? You can call me Mr. Wild. You don't recognize us. Can't see I do. All right. Hey, um, Mr. Wild, we we're looking for some some folks uh, went missing. We we think they might have come here. Uh, have you seen them? Uh, people name a who, Diasa, Mac. Any of those names ring a bell? I can't say they do, but people have a funny way of existing and then not existing in places like these. What? How long you been here? Can't rightly remember. For a while. Yeah. Yeah, if, it's, if it never gets dark, I, I guess I would you know, right? What about you? Who are you, really? How did you get here? Uh, like I said, we came here looking for those people. My name's Mark. Mark. Mark, Mark, Mark. And you, the others, who are you? I'm Jenny. No, no, you're not. Makes you say that. Well, your father told me all about you. She, like, not that she was ever, like, fully relaxed, but the mention of her dad, like, she tenses up immediately. He's been in and out. He's here? When he wants to be. Is he here now? No, no. No, if I recall correctly, he should be in the labyrinth looking for his bottle. What's the labyrinth? Oh, it's rude to ask too many questions without answering a few of your own. I know your temperance. I know your mark. And you, the big one with the blood, what is your name? What do you think it is? You don't look like a Dave. Iris smiles, uh, and he still has blood in his teeth. And you... I believe I heard the others call you Cassie? True. Cassandra. Cassandra. You must hate Cassie. No, but I don't know you. Would you like to change that? How did you end up here? 
Well, I think, I think we can all acknowledge we are all exactly where we are meant, playing the parts that have been assigned to us. Who's directing this? Oh, the king in yellow. Is this king here? Oh, he's everywhere. Cassandra. He is a divine ruler. He transcends what we perceive as reality. He he calls to certain families, to certain people, to certain places, and certain times. And he draws us all together under his rule in this place, in Carcosa. What's the purpose of it? It's not for us to know. We are just seized, captured like flies in his web, and pulled in. And we each, all of us, you, me, them outside, we all persist here at the end of those threads, being pulled ever towards him at the center. Is there a place where I can get some paper and a pen? Oh, of course. And he'll actually... Yeah, he'll actually, he has a notebook with him and he pulls out some loose pages and hands them to you along with a uh, along with a piece of charcoal. Ira is going to draw the symbol on the paper and show it to him. Does this mean anything to you? Oh, that's his sign. That is his sigil. You've seen it. Yeah, I find it very... Wait, let me double check something before I say something stupid. <laughs> um, yes, okay. Um, sorry, wind that back a little bit, and then he'll go. Um, yes, I find it very comforting. Are you doing this in full view of Jenny and uh, Mark? He wasn't attempting to hide anything. He drew the symbol and then held it up on the piece of paper to show the guy, so if they look in his direction, we'll see it. All right. I will say, Jenny and Mark, if you are in a place to see this, uh, go ahead and roll sanity. Seven out of 57. Nice. Ooh. Ooh, Fumble, baby. (laughs) With a 99 out of 61, you lose four. Okay, okay, okay. And I'm going to shoot you a message. Oh, (laughs) jeez. You done broke my brain there, Ira. (laughs) Sorry, babe. It's all right. I I did get you hit with a bat. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling that Ira and Jenny might be real bad for each other. (laughs) They've seen it now, too. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, she's seen it now, too. Ira nods. He's touched all of you. And all such touched souls must struggle to find their way and all touched souls must struggle to find their way to the king and receive their judgment are you waiting for your judgment always what's the meaning of the bottles well he looks at you and says with any luck you'll find out soon enough it is not my, it is not my part and not my time to spoil the journey 
You think this is some kind of a pleasure trip we're on here? Come on, man. I'm afraid I don't understand. Uh, when Mark says that, Iris starts laughing. You don't want to spoil the journey. Yeah. We just want to find those people we're looking for and get the heck out of here. If you haven't figured it out by now, Mark, you're looking for yourselves. That's the point yeah. of all of this. How do we learn more? You'll need to leave. How do we leave? I can tell you. But you'll need to owe me a favor. What favor? To be determined at a later time, my dear. What's a patsu? Ah, they took some from you. It's the key, Cassandra. The key to leaving. They took it from inside me, inside my head, my eye. It is the byproduct of the king's touch. So, is having Patsu conducive to you leaving, or, or the other way around? He shrugs. Who's Dr. Friend? Who is he really? An emissary. For the king. But he's not your key out of here. Y'all got any books around here? The library has plenty. But that's not where you need to go. Again. If you need answers, they await you. And I can take you to them. Or at least the one who can show you the way. But I'll need a favor. One day. From all of us. If your journey takes you where I think it will, you will help me find my bottle. Okay. What's, what's inside the bottles? Not for me to reveal. I agree. Then we shall go meet King Bale. Come along. Do you follow? Yeah, as soon as he says that, yeah, Iris. Yeah. So. Yep, so does Jenny. All right. What's uh, Cassie and Mark doing? Mark's going to turn to Cassie and say, Why don't we follow him? But be careful. Don't go throwing no chairs at anybody again. That didn't work out. No, it didn't. And uh, with that, Cassie will start to leave the room and follow. Mr. Wilde leaves you. Mr. Wilde leads you down a series of hallways. Again, the interior architecture of this place doesn't seem to make any sense. The hallways go on for far longer than you ever remember them going. Far longer than they realistically should but again i think we're all at the point now where we can acknowledge what should be and what is are two very different things they wind and turn and twist and run on and eventually you arrive at another cell this one a single solitary door 
set into a almost impossibly large wall that runs down to the darkness to the left and the right. The door is standing open, and inside you see Timothy Bale squatting on a stack of waterlogged books. With him is a single old telephone and his notebook. He flips through the pages and dials and uh, he flips through the pages and spins the rotary on the phone, seemingly making a call. The conversations he has are strange, typically lasting for no more than a few moments. Twenty children. Leave them all in the water. We'll all see each other again when the curtain closes. Tell Ambrose to send the phone now. No, no, he has loads of them. He collects it. I think he drinks it. Over and over again, as you stand outside. You notice that the cord of the telephone winds to a hole in the floor, disappearing beneath it. Mr. Wilde Jessers, for you to enter. Yeah, I go in. Same. Likewise. Uh-huh. All right. He sets the phone down into its cradle and looks up at you all. So you found your way. We did. Can you help us find the next one? I can. Ira puts a hand on his shoulder. Thank you. Don't thank me yet. We've got a long way to go. I want to do a quick human check on Ira. Okay. Uh, He just seems way more game for interacting with everything than he usually does. (laughs) So just want to see if there's... I don't know, like, possessed would be the right word, but just any sign that there's something about him where he's not currently himself. Okay. Oh, that, you critical. have the highest percentage of critical successes and failures of any human being. <laughs> I either do real good or I do real bad. It's in every game. Every yeah, 33%. you've got chaos magic in your blood. It's crazy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 33% out of 75 uh, Ira, you want to tell her if she picks up on anything? Yeah, uh, he seems oddly calm. Um, not really sure, like, what is the bounds of this? Um, of, of a human role? Yeah, like, what's yeah. the upper so echelon of stuff? Because I'm like, should I just tell her exactly what it is that I'm, I'm no. thinking of doing with Ira? No. Or? Yeah, so it's not it's not psychic. It's not like, it, it, but it's what is your what would your body language be telling her? Especially since she knows you so well, what would your facial expressions be telling her? Um, you know, is there what's your tell and what's you know what impression is it giving her? <laughs> since she knows your body so well, ah, yeah. hey. <laughs> hey, well, well, well. Um, yeah, he seems very calm. Uh, and like hyper focused, um, like he's almost got a little gleam to his eye. Uh, he seems like he's kind of rounded the bend on something. He doesn't seem like he's like 
possessed it's like you know like he's still kind of moving the way that ira moves and, and like the way he talks is still very ira but uh he definitely seems like he's um you know that thing that kind of happens to people when they're like they've kind of given up on things getting better and it almost like frees them from the anxiety of trying to improve um improve their situation or the thing around them like you maybe pick up on a vibe of that like he's he's here and the only way through is through gotcha okay noted and he is going to kill all of you that's the right. last thing that, right yeah, yeah. okay he's cool. sharpening a knife. <laughs> can't wait mark mark looks over him and says you all right Ira? all of a sudden you remind me of private pile from full metal jacket in that one scene. I'm sure Ira has seen that movie and understands the reference. Uh, oh. oh, you don't know? Oh, okay. Uh, it's at the scene where where the guy uh, goes crazy and um, he just goes from being like this uh, in the case of Private Pile, it goes from being kind of a, a, a a slack-jawed screw-up to just being focused and malevolent. Yeah, I will say there's no, uh, or hasn't been any malevolence um, that anybody's okay. picked up on, but, uh, but yeah, he, he'll turn to you and go, I'm... I'm here. Uh, Mark, we're all here now. I've been trying to avoid this kind of thing trying not to look at it mostly so I wouldn't end up in a place like this but now I'm here and it seems like the only way for us to get any control of this situation at all is to I don't know give up the idea that we have control well I reckon you're right but I don't know how to feel about about it if you've given in it doesn't matter how you feel mark we're never going home we are home cassandra looks up at uh you said his name was king bale king bale yeah uh, I mean, we know him as timothy timothy bale yeah right yeah. from the other side yeah yep. he was the one with the the notebook right Right. Or the, the, the book, like the Russian book or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Uh, Cassandra looks up at Bale. You're king then. Only here. But you're not the king in yellow. No. No. No, not me. I have another role to play. And why are you, why are there two kings here? It's not usually how heraldry works. That's what Mr. Wild calls me. It's a term of endearment, maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm the king of a select few. You know, I, I couldn't help overhearing parts of your conversation. Parts of it sounded familiar. Um, do, do you call up people and tell them to do bad things? good and bad are honestly irrelevant at this point, but I call people up 
and I instruct them to carry out the king's will, to ensure everyone is at their appointed places at the appointed time. You, you told somebody to uh, leave, leave them in the water, right? That sounds like something that I knew that happened. Those were kids, man. They were. And they were threats to his throne. How can... How can he just do that? I mean, why don't you just say no? Choice, Mark, like so much else here, is just an illusion. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> and you start to see Cassandra break from this like temporary daze that she's been in and almost in this like girlish way uh, covers her mouth and starts to to giggle almost maniacally uh, keeping her head down though trying to trying to be polite but unable to hold in the laughter Mark uh, reaches out and Puts a hand on her shoulder. Y'all right? It's just funny. Uh, choice is delusion. <laughs> I, I never talk on. Oh, go ahead. I, I never, I never thought about it that way. Well, this has got me all mixed up. We can we can talk on the way. But if you all want to get out of here, we need to get moving. It is a it's a long journey. Okay. And Ira will step back and kind of hold out his hand as in like after you. Please. Let's go. Bale leads you all out of the room. And uh, Mr. Wilde looks to you, specifically Ira. Remember our arrangement. I won't forget it. Will you? I brought you here, didn't I? I don't know. Iris smiles at him with his bloody teeth again. Ah, you're learning. This is good. That's what we came here for. And he kind of shuffles off, waving a hand over his shoulder. And you turn to follow Bale. And he begins leading you through this maze of corridors and rooms. And eventually he arrives at a large flight of stairs just leading down at this steep angle. And it is so dark, you don't know where they end. Are you ready? Yes. He looks to the rest of you. Jenny nods. Ready as I'll ever be. Uh, Cassandra smiles, but in a very, like, limp, exhausted way. Almost as if she's given up and given in. And he begins leading you down into the dark, into the depths beneath the Dorchester house. You don't hear much. The occasional drip of water the occasional scuff of a shoe on stone, the echoes of your breath 
the echoes of your breath and steps ricocheting off the walls around you. Does anybody talk to Bale as uh, as you proceed? Um, Brett? I just said no. Uh, yeah, from the back, Cassandra uh, asks Bale, so why do you get to be who you are here? I wish I knew. He just wanted me to be. Do you know how long you've been here? No. No, I just know I was like you once. Like all of you. But you need to understand, everything you know is false. You are only now glimpsing the world as it truly is. The sooner you embrace that, the faster you'll get through this. How do we know we'll ever finish getting through it? Because the only way out is through. To Carcosa. Have you been to Carcosa? Maybe once. I don't know. Now, would we have heard of Carcosa? No. I, I mean... So... It's 2015, right? Right. Would would we have seen is is this the time would we have seen it in uh on true detective no <laughs> yeah yes so, um a good question uh no so carcosa is a pretty historical thing though too uh like throughout art, art history there's a lot of paintings that are devoted to the, the city of the dead carcosa um i'm my meta uh i cassandra doesn't know any of this but I'm just wondering, out of character, is that something that's changed in this world or what? Yeah, yeah. So it, it would have first appeared in um, that Ambrose Beer story, uh, Inhabitant of Carcosa, in, eight, in like, I think 1886 or something like that. Um, but it's kind of like Lovecraft. Like, Lovecraft isn't really a thing in, mm-hmm. in this universe. So gotcha. kind of the same same deal. Okay. Oh, okay. So True Detective just doesn't actually exist in, in this universe. Only season right. two, apparently. Yeah, yeah, there only season go. two. <laughs> season two was the first season and it never got a third. Or it never got a, well, in this case, it never got a second. Yeah. Yep. Cause, okay. Cause, All right. Yeah. Colin Farrell murdered it and so did Vince Vaughn trying to do a dramatic role. Yeah, we keep following him. Okay. So Cassie, Jenny, and Ira. Or no, Mark. I'm sorry. Cassie, Jenny, and Mark. Ira. I'd say at this point, you too, Ira, considering how things have been going. As you descend these steps and it, it, it gets darker, you realize you should be enveloped in darkness. Like, you shouldn't be able to see anything around you. But you look up and you realize that these strange shooting lights are emanating from Bale and this aura of sheer power just surrounds him and you notice that there seems to be this spectral crown atop his head can I reach out and try and like trail my fingers through the aura of power and see if I can feel anything sure yeah Um, you reach out and your fingers pass through it and you detect maybe a slight 
warmth, uh, separate from the cold around you, but nothing concrete. How did you get this? I don't know. I guess... The thing you need to understand is... We don't earn anything. It's not... There isn't specific things that we do. There is no... this. You're, you're trapped by this concept of free will, like that you can make certain decisions and make certain things happen for yourself and therefore earn things. I mean, we. this is all just what he's decided for us to have. I mean, the play is at the center of everything. Anything that's ever happened in history, anything that ever will happen... Every every person, every place it issues from it, not the other way around. It it vomits out and then devours the world. Once you start to see this, once you start to understand this, you're his, and it's the only way out is through it. Yeah. How do you find out what your role is? What part you play? Like you do now. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Irad has a little... I don't know if it's like a smile, but almost like a smirk, kind of. You're creeping me out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so weird. What's happening? I don't like this. What are you going to do to my game, Brett? Like, I'm taking control. It's my game <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm I'm puckering up, man. This is like what's happening. Um, Bale continues to lead you down, and soon you don't know exactly when or how, but you become aware that you're no longer heading downward. Instead, you're walking down a hall, and it grows progressively brighter. <laughs> brighter. It grows progressively brighter until you notice that you are now in these uh, strange almost theater-like hallways uh, rich burgundy rugs and recessed lighting behind scalloped glass and gold painted trim plaster greek masks above doorways tragedy and comedy frowning and smiling down upon you as you pass door after door all dark wood paneling. Your footsteps now softened by the carpet beneath you. And still these strange beams of light shooting from Bale himself, this crown atop his head. We're almost there. What do you do? Pam? You you said that we're in a play. Um, Who's writing this play? What do you mean? I mean, all right. Um, so earlier, uh, we we talked to uh, what was his name, List. He um, he said that when he wrote things down, uh, he they happen. The, the king is the one writing the play. We're just his instruments. 
Uh, Vince, we haven't seen Whist here in this, this night Dorchester house, have we? Sure haven't. Okay. What are you thinking? No, just just an observation. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Oh, uh, oh go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say to, say to Bale, um, so this Whist character, I mean, was he telling us the truth? Is are these things that he writes down? Does he make them happen? Actually, I think that was Bale. Who was it that? Bale who said yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nope. Never mind. Um. Right. So instead of saying that about Whist, I'll say. Well, the reason why I ask is that um, you said that you write things in your book and make them happen, then. I think we all thought you were crazy, but then I heard you talking on that phone. Think of it like this. The king... Somehow I know what needs to happen. And then... It falls on me to make it happen. And I know who to call to make it happen. And... It does. I am his will. I am his instrument. You don't make anything happen. The thing that was going to happen was already going to happen before you ever got involved. You're learning. Who is Wiston this? A repairer of reputations. He said that I left once. Did I leave? Once. How long was I gone for? Time doesn't work like that. How did I get out? Through. To Carcosa. So I've been there. All of you have. All of you will. All of you are. Come on. We're almost there. And eventually, from a room nearby, a gong sounds deep and brassy and you hear sounds of an audience applauding. Bale pulls open a door and ushers you all inside. This way, come on. Yeah, we'll follow him. Is everything about the room still dark? So the hallway is lit, but the theater that he is ushering you into is darkened. The only thing you can make out in the darkness is the empty wooden stage. And does the stage look familiar? It does. Are there puppets in the audience? You do see people in the audience. Not the marionettes. Maybe 50 faces gazing out from the darkness, 50 shadows, but you can't make out features. Can I roll another sanity check? Sure, go for it. Ooh. <laughs> 77 out of 65. Right. <laughs> That's a fumble. Uh, what happens? I think I was like following this thought path of like. Uh, he started thinking that calling the king the king and referring to him as he was is wrong because he's not a he. He is the like. He is the thing that's happening. 
so he's trying to like follow that thought path of like the yellow king is is actually the universe or the uh, the kind of like the mechanism of the universe that they're in right now um he is the things that are happening not not an actual person and he follows that thought path down until he goes insane <laughs> sort of but she has been slowly doing since they arrived or maybe not that slowly it hasn't actually been that long <laughs> Okay. We'll say uh, lose a point of sanity if you want. Uh, that takes me to my breaking point. Okay. Have fun. Nothing happens. But Sweet. keep track of that. Keep track of that. <laughs> Will do. Uh, do I get any dark... How many spells do I know? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Don't ask, don't get. That's right. Hey, Amen. Bale leads you down to the front row and ushers you to your seats. Sit down. It's about to start. Do you sit? Yep. Who sits next to him? Next to Bale? Yeah. I mean, his crown's still glowing, right? It is. Why would I want to sit next to him? Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I'm going to sit next to him. Okay, all right. <laughs> you all sit and you can feel the presence of these people behind you. These strange, faceless theater goers watching the proceedings enraptured. You look upon the stage and you see a child sized clown emerge from the side curtain to the right. An orchestra that you can't see starts this strange, looping dirge interspersed with a relentless strum. The clown is wearing a strange, multicolored outfit covered in triangles. And a mask, a clown mask, covers this child's entire head. Its face is a smile, exposing geometric teeth, its eyes, black slits. Ira, I need you to go ahead and roll sanity for me, please, because this I, is. I've seen this. Clown. You have very. You have definitely seen this this clown before. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, baby! Uh, Ira starts laughing and clapping. Sixty-six out of sixty-four. Yeah, you lose one. Um, the clown begins to dance on stage in movements timed precisely to the music. It lifts a paper dragon from off the stage. And this dragon trails behind the clown, drawing patterns in the air, cutting through this red mist, thin aerosol-like, that creeps up from the audience towards the stage like a faint cloud. And as this dragon cuts through this mist, it seems to vanish as if it's absorbing it. Bale looks to you all and whispers very quietly you need to watch and wait for it to end I'll tell you when you can move again the clown he has something you need but you have to wait for the dance to stop uh, I, yeah I was like laughing and clapping at the performance but he gives him a little nod Cassandra looks over at Jenny to see because I assume it, the order would be uh, Bale Ira, Jenny Mark and Cassandra. 
So she looks over at Jenny to see what her take is on all of this. Jenny seems distracted. Like something happened a while ago that she's still very concerned about. Uh, Like she's just kind of following along with the group, but she's definitely not as engaged as she has been uh, with past experiences where she's been like really active and curious and asking questions. She seems distracted. What about Mark? The Mark just looks confused. (laughs) The clown continues to dance, spinning this white paper dragon through the air. The music rises and rises and rises until it finally reaches this terrible crescendo, and then it stops. The lights suddenly go out, and you are enveloped in blackness. And then a ghost light, a single exposed light bulb, illuminates on the stage, casting a very faint illumination over the stage itself and over the first couple of rows of seats. The clown is gone. And for those who look around, you notice that the audience is gone as well. Bale looks to you all and whispers, It's time. Follow me. He gets up and he leads you. Yeah, Ira enthusiastically follows him. He'll also reach out uh, for Jenny's hand. Yeah, she is probably more of an action of you taking hers rather than her. she, like, meeting you to mutually grab hands because she's still yeah. distracted. But, but, yeah, she lets you take it. Uh, and he's almost kind of, like, tugging you um, to get you to follow faster. He seems very enthusiastic. Bill, who taught you how to leave? Or how to how to get us out? I just know. I know what I need to. Do you know why he lets people come and go? So we can go to him. Alright. Come on. He leads you up onto the stage, offering a hand to any who needs it to lift you up onto the stage itself. He then leads you to the right behind the curtain, and you see that that clown from before is now sprawled on the ground, but it's smaller than it was before, about the size of an infant. But the paper dragon next to it is huge. The whiteness of these two things, the dragon and the child-sized clown, essentially almost glow in the dark. Bale drags the paper dragon out onto the stage, keeping his eye on the clown, and rips it open, revealing this thermos-sized glass container filled with a deep red oil. Cassie, you know exactly what that is. Is that mine? Uh, no, not yours specifically, no. Whose is it? Those who've come before. He twists the top off, looks at you all purposefully and says one thing. The Patsu is the way out. He takes a quick drink of the liquid and hands the container to you, Cassie. And then he vanishes. I need everyone to roll sand. Okay. Also, for those fumbles, uh, on the fumbles, I'm only losing one. Is that right? Correct. Okay. 
No, I'm about to fuck you up. Don't worry. Oh, I believe it. I just wanted to make sure I had it. Right. <laughs> Mark is on a streak. 34 out of Yeah, 57. man. All right. Jesus so, is yeah. watching over him. Yeah, that's right. Take the wheel. Cassie with a 28 out of 22. You fail. Mark with a 34 out of 57. You succeed. Jenny with a 39 out of 57. You also succeed. And Ira with a 65 out of 63. You fail. So uh, for uh, Jenny and Mark, you lose one. Uh, Cassie and Ira, I need you to roll 1d6, please. Cassie, yeah. Cassie, you lose one. (laughs) I oh my gosh <laughs> I know like this is supposed to happen Ira started this game with a really high uh, fan and has lost a lot Ira you lose five but don't forget you can still project projecting is so well do you have any bonds left uh, I'm not allowed to project onto delta bonds right that's right yep nope you're fucked um, so yeah you, you eat I that will, I will ask you would you consider me and Jenny's bond to be a delta green bond or has it kind of progressed into a personal bond oh good question i will okay i will say that it has it has advanced into a more personal bond yes i'm not going to project on it i was just i was just curious yeah yeah i'd say based on the nature (laughs) of the relationship yeah um but now you are alone on the stage with just this infant-sized clown and this ripped-open paper dragon. And Cassie, you are holding this glass container, and you notice it's growing lighter, as in its weight is changing. And the liquid inside appears to vanish from top to bottom. Is there some, like, invisible straw sucking it out? or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then a few moments later, it reappears in an identical manner refilling to the top and then it drains again almost like it's breathing over and over again that's cool when it starts to fill back up cassie taking a page from bale is going to try and drink some well i will need you to roll an alertness first or whoever wants to roll an alertness go ahead roll one for me uh yeah, I've only yeah. got a 50 out of 20, so if someone else is more alert, they can. Uh, to figure out whether or not it would be appropriate, does it have something to do with the clown? Because I feel like Ira's like hyper-focused on the clown. So if it's outside of the clown, then I, I won't. Oh, no, it's the clown. If you're it's- hyper-focused on the clown, you see it stand. And it turns to face you. And it cocks its head almost inquisitively and stares in Cassie's direction. Uh, Iris kind of, I think, like, uh, has been slowly maybe drifting towards the clown. Um, as, you, as you take a step further, it is now bigger than it was. About the size of a tall man. And you look on, upon it, and Cassie, you find your attention drawn to it. Something isn't right, and your skin is just crawling with this instinctive deathly terror you need to run uh, yeah I, uh, I I look around is it just completely dark apart from that ghost light um, do I feel like it's emanating from the jar itself 
It's that single exposed bulb. But you turn back to face the rest of the theater and you notice that where once was the rest of the theater and the stage and the seats is now a solid wall of black stone. But to the left, you see the ceiling begin to lower and another darkened room appears before you. I look up at the ghost light and just let out this blood-curdling shriek, like Laura Palmer style, and I go running towards this new room with the jar in my hand, kind of clasping it like an infant. So you start running? Yeah, I start running to the new room with the jar in my hand. Okay. What's everybody else doing? I, I, we gotta go after. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, Mark Mark starts running after Cass, Cass, Cassie, wait. You just hear her shrieking. Okay. Uh, Iris still drifting towards the clown. He wants to get a look in his eyes. Are you still holding on to Jenny's hand, or did you let go to do that? She probably would have absentmindedly let go. Okay. Oh, well, okay, well, she's not going to leave Ira then, so I guess we are splitting the party. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Um, so... The clown is at about 10 feet tall. And it reaches out for you, Ira. Ira's gonna uh, tip his head back uh, and go, let me see your eyes. Ira, don't. By the way, I I hit my breaking point on that last... Did you? Oh, God, all of you. (laughs) I, I, I know for now it doesn't matter. Yep, just keep track. Ira, you take seven damage as this thing touches you and you feel this burning sensation inside of you as if your blood is boiling and and it's trying to push its way through your very pores, out through your body. Ira dies. Does he? Yep, I had seven HP left. Okay. Uh, Suddenly... As Ira begins to scream, he explodes into a spray of Patsu, disintegrating (laughs) like a popped balloon filled with this oil-like substance. Uh, Whoever sees this needs to roll sanity. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. (laughs) Cassie is running in the opposite direction. Ooh, success. Success, okay, you lose one. That feels like something you should fail. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm good. No big deal. That's fine. <laughs> okay, Mark, like that much anyway. Yeah, so it's just like weird. Right, rubs a giant glorp of eye rock. <laughs> that was gross. Yeah, um, Mark, you lose one as well with that one out of fifty-six. What do you two do? Are you running? Absolutely. I think. Yeah, I think it's like the fight or flight kicks in and it's flight for her and she is still and she's like stunned at what she just saw and it's she's running okay all right i need you um all right who is okay so cassie being you're the one holding the container i need you to roll athletics or dodge whichever's higher okay they are the exact same Ooh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. You you pull ahead. You are just 
screaming at the top of your lungs and just plowing ahead with pure survival in mind. And Jenny, Mark, you manage to pull away as this thing begins lumbering after you. The clown? The clown. Oh, crap. All right. <laughs> um, you notice, though, as you're moving and as you're walking down this hallway that turns into another hallway, this entire environment is sliding and opening and closing and shuffling like origami or a puzzle box. Tunnels and hallways and doors opening and closing just infinitely. It seems like you're moving. You're moving further. And you look back, and this clown is now 13 feet tall. And it's smashing through corridors and hallways that should otherwise stop it. But it's in pursuit. Cassie, I need you to go ahead and roll luck. Oh, okay. No. Okay. All right. The liquid is it has not filled up to a point where you can drink it yet. Okay. Yeah, I'm go keep ahead. Running. Yep. Go ahead and make another uh, dodge or athletics. Success. All right. With that twenty-one out of thirty. Despite it being successful, the clown pulls closer. Go ahead and roll another luck. Yes. All right. With a six out of 50, you look down and you notice that the container is now filled with Patsu. I stop in my tracks and look back and see this this giant clown creature barreling towards me. Do I see Jenny and Mark too? You do. You see them kind of just hauling ass right behind you. I stop and look back at them. And as I do, I take a big gulp of this patsy liquid roll sanity beautiful with a 73 out of 21 roll 1d4 one you lose one and you vanish but you do have an option an ability before you disappear to hand off the container like bale did to another agent Hmm. with a with a dex roll do I want to do that? <laughs> nah. I don't want to do that. Okay. Not even to your best friend, Jenny? She's not thinking about it. We bonded over our kids, man. Oh, okay, fine. Yes, then I will. Ah, okay. yes. <laughs> Roll dex, dex times five. <laughs> Jenny gives Mark the finger. And Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. With a 96 out of 65, you reach out and hold it out to Jenny, but it tumbles from your suddenly incorporeal fingertips as you vanish. Jenny, you watch as Cassie suddenly disappears, and this gla- this container of Patsu tumbles to the ground. It doesn't break, but you need to stop and pick it up. I will do so. Mark okay. is going to turn and uh, face the... Uh, clown. Oh the no, cl- Mark! <laughs> the clown is now 16 feet tall. What uh, do you do? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just doing doing this because I know we don't have time. Uh, I'm gonna dodge. <laughs> I'm just trying to distract it. Well, so it's not focusing on you. It's focusing on Jenny now. So Jenny, 
Roll athletics or dodge. No, I'm not great at either of those. Let me see. What is my athletics? 30. What is my dodge? Okay. Better at dodge. Nope. All right. It pulls close and it is now on top of you. And let's see. Okay. Um, Roll one more athletics or dodge. Oh boy, this might be it. Ooh, I'm dead. I'm sure I'm dead. Bumble. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm dead. <laughs> oh, that's a oh, hundred. Yeah. hundred out of yeah. 43. <laughs> Don't leave me alone with Cassie. She's so depressing. <laughs> I'm coming, Ira. <laughs> the clown reaches out, Jenny, and touches you. And you feel that sensation like your blood just boiling inside of your body and forcing its way out through your pores. You take 10 damage. That's exactly what I have. Jenny explodes in a shower of this red patsu. Mark, I need general sanity. Okay, well, that ship has sailed anyway. This is so loud. Oh, wow. 26. 26 out of 55. Yep, you lose one. Um, All right, do you pick up the pick up the jar? Yep. All right, roll luck for me. Okay, luck. Nope, that's a failure. All right, yep, it is not filled. It is not filled back up yet. But Um, uh, all right, go ahead and roll your athletics or dodge. That's oh, um, no, that's a failure. All right, he is he is right on top of you. You managed to pull ahead a little bit, but the the distance isn't enough. So, um, okay, first roll your luck now. Okay. Oh, that's a failure again. It is is not filled back up. I am just running like anywhere I can just to to try and get, you know, like in in, in an open space where I can dodge out of this guy's way or. Yeah. Yeah. if, If there's something I can put between me and it. Sure. Yep. That makes sense. Um, Are we in the hallway again? Yeah. You're, you're just booking it. And it just seems like this hallway is just unfolding ahead of you constantly as you move. Are there Um, doors? There are no doors, just (sighs) one continuous long hallway, open thresholds leading to separate rooms and then other longer hallways roll, um, roll athletics or dodge. Looks like you're going for dodge. So, well, I went, I, I went with Dodge last time. I'll go with Athletics this time. Okay. What's higher? They're the same. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just uh, try and, and uh, I mean, I actually double back and just try and, like, uh, you know, dodge past it. <sighs> Failure. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, yeah, he failed as well. So, but he gets closer. Okay. Uh, rolled lower. So, um, luck. Roll luck. Yep. Come on, baby. Ah, oh, still a failure. Oh, <laughs> just staring at this jar, shaking it. Going, come oh, on, man. All right. I, it is I'm, now. I'm, it is now on top of you. I'm still trying, trying to squirm out of the way. You feel it touch you. 
and you sustain seven points of damage as right. you, you feel just your body heating up and boiling and this substance is pouring its way out of your body. You, f- you, how much, how many hit points do you have left? Seven. Okay. All right. Good. No, that was half. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, you, your skin splits and your body is covered in these, these wounds that are just weeping Patsu. And you push forward. So go ahead and roll dodge or athletics. Um, oh, should I w- roll luck first? Uh, yes, roll luck. Okay. Uh, here's a question though: Is there enough potsu for me to like lick it off my own arm? Um, not enough. No. Okay. Come on. It's a good idea though. No. Oh, still a failure. No. Right. Yeah, roll your athletics or dodge. All right. Still a failure. Oof. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh, roll one more luck. There we go. That bottle fills up to the brim with Patsu. All right. I drink it. All right. Roll sand. You, that your mouth fills with that taste of liquid ash. Oh, that's a success. Oh boy. Okay. Is that bad news? <laughs> um you feel like you know you're not going anywhere just yet. Maybe soon. But you're gonna have to reattempt that sand roll. At some point. Okay. So go yeah. ahead and roll go ahead and roll your dodge or athletics. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh. I haven't fit, succeeded on one of those yet. Yep, yep. It reaches out and touches you again. It's okay. hand brushing against your back, and you take three damage. Okay. As those wounds oh, separate, as those wounds expand and split and open further. Roll sand. Uh, all right. How much HP do you have left? Four. Oh, okay. You're good. That's a failure. Three, <laughs> three like sixty-nine. Three sixty-nine. Hey, nice. Sixty-nine out of fifty-four. You vanish. Well, from my perspective. Yeah. I, you. I, yeah. From my perspective, I assume the clown vanishes. Yeah, from your perspective, the entire world seems to fold away and fall away, and it's like you're suddenly just opening your eyes for the first time after having awoken from a nightmare. And it's a similar sensation for you, Cassie. You open your eyes and you realize it's just the two of you. There are no Jenny or Ira. But you awaken sunlight in an empty house. Surrounded by dusty floors unfurnished I need both of you to roll 2d6 10 okay good 12 for Mark beautiful 12 you regain that much sanity what oh nice oh my 
Uh, uh, how much do I get back? You are deceased, <laughs> good sir. Oh, I thought that was a thought that was a fun joke. Um, so, question for you then, because I had I was under my breaking point. Right, I'm back in the real world, but I have this ten sanity point gain. Yep. How does that affect me having gone through my breaking point? Where does that put you? Does that still put you under your breaking point or over? No, it? I'm well over it now. So, so, um, as in, uh, I'm sorry. So you would have. So still I was at 21 out of 25. Okay. And coming out now, I have 31 out of 25. Okay. So you, ha- so te- at this point, you're not at your breaking point. Correct. You're good. Right. How about you, Mark? Yeah. Mark, Mark's in the same situation. He, uh, okay. Went below his breaking point, uh, but now he's above it again. Okay. All right. I think Cassie's better off than she was before she started. It's true. I was only at 28. <laughs> Mark uh, uh, Mark just reaches over uh, for Cassie. Um, and, and he just grabs her. Like, I mean... What happened? You, you know, kind of in a in a, in a hug. I, I I don't know. I mean, and, and, and grabs her and he says, "She's gone." What said, happened? Uh, that clown got her, and Ira. He, he got them. He got them both. She looks t- not shocked. She's definitely she's definitely drinking in this turn of events, but it's not like a look of surprise that's on her face. It's more it's more like as if she she knew this was going to happen. And she's almost resigned to it. What uh, oh what the what the heck, Cassie? What I just told you that Jenny and I are gone. What is gone? Ed. And I know what you mean. I'm asking you with what you know and what we've, we've experienced, what is gone. Well, now you're creeping me out. I don't know. I mean, what do you, what am I supposed to say, Cassie? It was all part of some King in Yellow's plans. Is that what you want me to say? Cassandra starts to stand up as he's talking. And are there any doors around? There are. But you look down and you realize you are standing on a seal etched into the wooden floor of the room you've awoken in. Uh, Whoever's got a cult, go ahead and roll it. Uh, Oh, yes, I do. Or do you have it, Mark? Uh... Yeah, a little bit too. I'm I got I'm fifty. Twenty. Oh, you're, yeah. I mean, we. I think he said we could both roll, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. you can. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a failure for me. Ninety-seven. Yeah, ninety-seven. Out of twenty. Okay, and eighty-four out of fifty for Cassie. Yeah, neither of you. Whether it's the stress of the moment or whatever, um, you just do not recognize what this symbol means. But, but I mean, it looks like I mean we we saw the uh, symbol of person. We've now seen the symbol of the king in yellow. It, does it look similar to those? 
No, no, this looks more like the symbol for Pervon, but different. But like another seal from the from the Goetia. Right. Goetia. Right. right. I mean, it, 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 it looks like another demon seal. It is. Yeah, okay. Mark must feel good about that. Ah. Uh, what the... What do you do, um, Cassie? There is a door leading out. Yeah, she pauses, looking at the seal from the uh, the Goetia. Goetia. Um, and looks down at Mark to see his reaction. I mean, I, I, I think you know, Mark looking at the seal is is uh, obviously not not happy about about it. Um. But at the same time, he's relieved to be alive. Are we still in doctor scrubs or patient scrubs? You're wearing exactly what you were wearing when you went into the Dorchester house. Do we have our, do I have my bag or anything like that? Or is it just my clothing? Just your clothing. Yeah, whatever you turned in at the front desk or whatever you didn't bring in with you is is gone. Okay, so I rush to, realizing that uh, I, I seem to be back where I was before, rush to the door. Okay. This is unlocked. It is. Wait, wait, wait. We're we're not in. We're not where we were before, are we? No. Where? Where are we? That's what I'm trying to find out. And I open the door. You're in a house. Just an unoccupied, unfurnished house that appears to have not been occupied for some time. A fine layer of dust covering most uh, visible surfaces. Are there drapes? Are there curtains? There are not. The windows are standing open and uh, sunlight is pouring through the glass. Does it look like a residential area looking through the windows from here? It does. But as you look out, you see this strange clockwork child on the curb in front of the house and you can't shake this feeling that it's looking at you I back away from the window and I'm gonna go try and run to the front door to see if I can catch up with it you do you go to the front door and open it and the child is there that music box dirge playing as it wobbles forward and it holds a folded piece of paper in this one spinning hand. At, at this point, Mark is following uh, Cassie. Probably saying something like, hold on, hold on there. Let, what? Uh, as she runs away. Uh, I extend my hand to take it. But when I do, I look down at my palms. Do I still have, like, the claw marks from where I was digging into my palms? Yes. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, I'll take the, uh, the piece of paper. Uh, roll sanity for me real quick. Ooh, one out of 31. Very nice. You lose, uh, I believe you lose nothing. Let me double check. Not with a critical, right? Yeah, you lose nothing. You unfold the piece of paper, and I will show you what you have. Ooh. And if you wouldn't mind reading that to the group. Of course. So on the, it looks like to be a, like a napkin. On the front, it uh, has the logo for the Hotel Brattleburn, New York. 
on the back written in what looks to be like red ink. It says, find J.C. Linz at Hotel Brottlebin. Go now. Find the hotel, the labyrinth, the author, his bottle, the city, the lake, its shadow, the battle, then the party, the dance, the girl in blue, the one singing, nothing is true except out is through. Love and kisses, Abby. As you look up, the clockwork child is gone. Abby. Abigail. And right? Yeah. Yes. Thank God. Was that her? No, I don't no. think it was. We have to go back to New York. Where the heck are we? Uh, Vince, I wouldn't have put my cell phone away uh, in my backpack. Is it still in my pocket? I will say yes. Okay, so I pull it out. Actually, just... roll roll luck. Okay. Roll luck for me. Yeah, let's leave it up to a luck roll. Nah. You do not have it. Not yeah, I mean, a, a lot of places like that will ask, ask you not to take cell phones because they're cameras. Did right. Mark, you take your cell phone? I, I'm assuming since you didn't, that means that they they probably wouldn't let us. I'll let you roll luck too, just okay. to be on the safe side, because I can't right. remember. Um, cool. Nope, that's a yeah. failure too. Fifty out of fifty. Unfortunately, not. Well, one of these houses got to have people in it. You want to go knock on some doors? Yes, but. Where are we? I was just trying to think of a way to ask that without asking it, you know? Lead the way. You're better at talking than I am. You're going to be all right. You ran towards that doll. That, that seems like unstable behavior. But she ran away from it. No, the doll. No, the doll. The clockwork doll. Oh, the clockwork doll. doll. My bad. My bad. I was thinking the clown. I'm still fucked up. Yeah, the clown. No. Everybody ran away from that. Who's going to run towards a clown? Well, I wait. Well, (laughs) honestly, I couldn't imagine who would do such a thing. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh, We'll go down the street, knocking on doors until we find somebody home. Roll luck for me. All right. That's a failure. 71 out of 50. Yeah. Cassie, if you want to roll. 12 out of 50. Yeah. Success. Yeah. You managed to knock on a door and, and a young woman answers probably in her early thirties. Uh, hello. Yeah. Can I help you? Hi. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, me and my, my friend, we were driving and our, our, a car broke down. She screams when she sees uh, Mark and slams the door shut. Mark, you're still covered in these open weeping sores. Uh, that's true. Oh, did I not notice that? Uh, I, I, I'm sure you would have if I uh, maybe I just I failed to mention it. But yeah, um, yeah I didn't know he carried them with him. OK. Oh, yeah. No, those came with him. Uh, yeah, when that happens, uh, 
Cassandra turns and realizing that she was in this kind of state of just flight and survival and not realizing that that Mark was covered in these open wounds, these sores, these pustules. Uh, she turns and finally like the reality of that sinks in and she backs away from uh, backs away from him for a bit. Somebody roll alertness. Uh, what's your alertness? It's pretty high. Yeah, uh, fifty-one out of seventy. All right. Yeah, go ahead and roll. Oh, you got. Oh, you got a fifty-one out of seventy. I apologize. Yeah. yeah, with a fifty-one out of seventy, you notice a nearby street sign, and you look up and you see that you are on the Codman Square. You're um. Shit. Sorry. You're on a quiet street. Fuck. Never mind. Sorry. It's not a specific street name. Um, you look up and re- seeing the street signs and the street names, you realize that you are still in Boston and the Codman Square neighborhood, probably only a five minute walk from Dorchester House. Do you need to go to a hospital? I'm not sure what that looks like. Um, maybe we should go back to Dorchester House and, and talk to the doctor. No, no, not yet. No. As you all are standing there out in the street talking, you see two people approaching you, waving you down. Hey! Hey! You made it through. You're all right. Who is Do we it? know who these people are? You don't. But you'll find out next session. Because oh. that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Delta Green, Impossible Landscapes, part of the Black Project Gaming Podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to visit blackprojectgaming.com for previous Delta Green episodes. You can also listen to our ongoing Waterdeep Dragon Heist and Barovia, California campaigns. If you'd like updates on all future releases, please follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Until next time, I'm Vince, your host and handler, with Brett as FBI hostage rescue team operator Ira Brewer, also known as Agent Morgan, Cami as Dr. Jenny Archer, anthropologist and Delta Green friendly, Doug as FBI Special Agent Mark Handsome, also known as Agent Meshock, and Jack as FBI Special Agent Cassandra Troy, also known as Agent Madison. Thank you again, and remember, we'll be seeing you.